You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Studying film or setting up the game plan. He has football covered from under center. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Happy 5 o'clock to you all. The game time getting closer. And, of course, the game I'm talking about, ODU hosting JMU men's basketball. From the building we are in right now, Chartway Arena. I'm looking to my left. I see men's basketball retired jerseys. A little bit further to my left, I see women's basketball national player of the year trophies. Directly in front of me, Mark West poster. We have quite a few uh, cool memorabilia in front of me as well. So uh, that's all the lobby here at Chartway Arena. The gym directly behind us, that's where the game will be played. ODU hosting JMU, sure to get feisty in there. ODU riding a two-game win streak by a total of three points. So they've, they've been in some, some hard-fought victories as of late. Rodgers to the Raiders. Here, here's, here's where this came from. First of all, it came from Devontae Adams being the thirstiest player on, <laughs> on social media. Uh, secondly, free agency really is, is it's nothing but matchmaking, right? Or, or like uh, – Again, I didn't go to medical school, but I know a few people, right? That whole, like, residency selection process, so you're ranking and then you get matched. Like, that's kind of what free agency is, right? You need to find the, the, the Goldilocks, right, where the player wants the team, the team wants the player, and for kind of the same reasons, right? They're on the same page. So if you're, if you're setting up teams and players, right, setting up teams and quarterbacks, you're playing matchmaker, right? You run in multiple social, social circles, and you are saying, you know, I'm going to try to set these two people up. The first pair that makes sense has to be Aaron Rodgers and the Vegas Raiders, right? I'm hearing the Jets over and over and over again for Rodgers, and I'm going, has anyone even mentioned the Raiders? Now, normally, I, I, one of my, I don't know why, pet, pet peeves is who says no. I hate it. I hate it. They offer up some ridiculous, terrible trade uh, or some ridiculous, terrible free agency choice and then end with who says no, right? I saw one today. It was Tampa Bay sends Chris Godwin the 19th pick and their third rounder to the Bears for the number one overall pick. Who says no? And they ask it like rhetorically. And I'm going, the Bears. The Bears say no. <laughs> Every single time, the Bears say no. Who says no? The Bears do. So I look at it and say this. Aaron Rodgers traded to the Raiders. Who says no? <laughs> or more, I'll even put it more clearly. Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. Who doesn't say heck yes? Right? Who doesn't em- emphatically say yes to that? That's, that's where I'm coming at it with this for a multitude of ra- reasons. And actually, this is perfect based on the note we just got. We'll go to the call in line, which is open, 757 687 9494, Clayton in Virginia Beach, Rodgers to the Raiders. What are your thoughts? Hey, Tim. I think Rodgers to the Raiders is a better move than Rodgers to the Jets. It gets him closer to home, puts him in a dump. He's back with Devontae Adams. And to be honest with you, he's lived in Brett Favre's shadow for so long, I couldn't imagine him going and putting on that green helmet, though Favre did it later into his career. 
and again being, oh, look, it's Little Favre in the Jets uniform. Appreciate the call, Clayton. Uh, you, you brought up the, the Favre I wasn't going to go with, but does anyone actually call Rodgers Little Favre? I don't think so. That was the first I've ever heard of Little Favre ever. I, I do think Rodgers now knows that most recent MVP, right? He's still the reigning MVP as we speak. Uh, the most recent MVP gave him one more than Favre. I think he knew that. Uh, I think he, they, he he likes to remind people of that in his personal life, I would assume. That's just a guess. Um, but you did bring up a few things, right? When I say Rodgers to the Raiders, who doesn't say heck yes? Part of it is because so many uh, of the people involved, it, it checks exactly what they're looking for. The Raiders get their high-profile replacement to turn Vegas into a, a glitzy, glamoury winning team. Right, which is really all they've wanted since they've moved there. The big, cool uh, stadium, right? It, Vegas. I mean, Vegas, right? Neon lights, city doesn't sleep. All Sin City, all that kind of stuff. They just want a, a product to match the city. On top of that, uh, Josh McDaniels, I think, has to know his leash is getting shorter, and winning right now does a really good good bit towards him being the coach there for more than a year or two longer Aaron Rodgers is a win now type player it's to the point where like if you contend for two years I have a feeling they'll they'll withstand you looking for your quarterback finding your quarterback and and trying to build up with a younger guy but if you don't have those that base of winning then you don't get the benefit of the doubt so Rodgers gives you that base of winning uh the Packers I assume would get a haul in return I'm seeing a few trade ideas out there that include Derek Carr. I think they say, no, 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 no. We don't need Derek Carr. Give us picks. Give us young players. If you want to throw Darren Waller in because you want him gone so bad, we can consider it, but we're going to count him as pennies on the dollar. Uh, But they do get a haul in return. I think picks are important in in, in that situation. And they can move on from the drama that Rodgers has caused. I'm sure they're just tired. right? I'm sure they're just exhausted of it. And then Rodgers gets to play with Devontae Adams again, closer to home on the West Coast, as you heard the caller mention. And Devontae Adams is being thirsty on social media. If you haven't seen it yet, there was a, a question. So, so Devontae Adams, this is an audio, I'll just explain it to you, said, like, hey, I got some time here, 15 questions. Ask anything you want, I'm going to answer them. And somebody said, what neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers going to move into? And he responded with mine. Saying, like, he's going he's gonna to respond. He just said mine. It was one word, but that's all he needed to say. Uh, then on his Instagram, he casually, cryptically, whatever you want to call it, just posted a slow-motion highlight of a pass from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody's talking, right? It, it's, it's, it's suddenly you're liking your ex's pictures again, and you're posting pictures from the good old days. All your buddies are going, are you getting back together? Like, that's what's happening, right? Rodgers, and then the last point is Rodgers, right? Rod, would he want to go? Should he want to go? Rodgers and LeBron are similar to me in this way. It feels like they're chasing a, a friendship locker room. LeBron, I've said this about LeBron his entire career. There's a great documentary, For the Love of the Game, uh, maybe what it's called. I, I, I would know it if I saw the cover. Uh, it's LeBron in his St. Vincent, St. Mary uniform. But it's about his, his high school group of buddies that all played 
obviously at St. Vincent St. Mary together. There's five of them. One went to play football at Ohio State. Two of them are playing basketball overseas, and then, then there's the other guy. Uh, but they're so close. They're they're like brothers. They're best friends. Uh, you look at who LeBron picked as his manager uh, and or his agent in Rich Paul. More than uh, a game. More than a game. Not for the love of the game. More than a game. Uh, his agent in Rich Paul. You look at who he's picked as his business partner in Maverick Carter. They're friends from back in the day. I think he just wants his locker room to be like a high school team where you're best friends and then also teammates. Aaron Rodgers, if you listen to the way he talks about Randall Cobb or, or Mason Crosby the kicker, David Bakhtiari, a few of the guys from, from years past, the, the uh, Clay Matthews and the Charles Woodsons, I think he's just chasing. He wants his friends around. Devontae Adams is one of his friends, right? He doesn't even call him Devontae. He calls him Tay. And, and it's like, you, you ever met somebody that knows somebody famous? And you're like, oh, my gosh, you know Peyton Manning? And they're like, PM? Yeah. It's, <laughs> nobody calls him PM, right? It's uh, uh, Actually, I'll use A-Rod as an example, or Aaron Rodgers as an example, and I just gave away the end of the story. Uh, Ronald Talley played at Delaware before I got there, and then he went on to play in the NFL for a bunch of years. And at one point in time, he was a member of the Packers, and he came back to speak to the Delaware Youth Camp. So we're all the counselors there. There's seven-year-olds running around. He talks to them. And, of course, he's saying, like, I'm a member of the Packers. Seven-year-old hand goes up and says, what is Aaron Rodgers like? And he goes, oh, he's a great guy. He goes, but if you want it, if you want him to, to – like, if you ever see him, right, and you're in a pack of kids and you want him to look at you and say, like, hey, what's up, call him A-Rod. He's like, no one in the locker room calls him Aaron. No one calls him Rodgers. He's like, call him A-Rod. And all I could think of was, like, oh, that's the – the, I'm the, the, the secret passage to get into the cool guy club. You know what to call him. Uh, but I'm sure those exist, right? So it's like Aaron Rodgers, every time he talks about, like, you know, Randall Cobb, he doesn't say Randall. He goes Cobby. Every time he talks about Devontae, he goes Tay. He, he has the guys that, uh, that are his guys. And, and Devontae is one of his guys. So I just look at all of these puzzle pieces coming together. Meanwhile, everyone else is looking at the, the breadcrumbs leading to the Jets, which really are only breadcrumbs being left by the Jets. I'm looking at these puzzle pieces and saying, I think this is the matchmaking, right? This is the Raiders and Rodgers make sense for that connection, not just one side. Now, friend of the program, he comes on before the show, actually, Fitz and Harry right here on 94.1. Jason Fitz is a diehard Raiders fan. So in the interest of giving both sides of the argument, let's hear what Fitz has to think, uh, has to say and thinks about Rodgers to the Raiders. <laughs> I don't want the roller coaster ride, the soap opera of the weekly following of gotcha. Aaron Rodgers, followed by the fact that the Raiders with Aaron Rodgers would not be as good as the Chiefs with Mahomes. And and you're right also that the Raiders with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young right now wouldn't be as good as the, as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But at least you'd say, hey, now we're starting a build. Now we're trying to get somewhere. I I would rather roll the dice if I'm the if I'm a bad team that can't win a Super Bowl right now. I'd rather roll the dice on a rookie quarterback than take Aaron Rodgers and give up draft equity to do that any day of the week. Here's the thing. If your threshold is with that guy, we're not going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, pack it up. We'll see in 2030 where maybe you'll get there. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But you might make the playoffs, and on any given Sunday, you might be able to pull it off. Or Patrick Mahomes may get hurt for a year. If, if you don't want to try to get better, don't try to get better. If you just want to take a, a, 
rookie and hope that he's peaking when, when Mahomes retires 12 years from now, go ahead. But if you want to try to win right now, if you want to try to keep your job if you're McDaniels, if you want to try to take advantage of Devontae Adams before he uh, declines in skills, Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders makes a lot of sense to me. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Tom Brady's retiring, or is retired. Is he? Re- I guess he's still retiring. I'd say re- still retiring. He's in the process of retiring. He's going on a day and a half since the announcement. Uh, his legacy, multi- multi-pronged. There's the greatest of all play- uh, time player, and then there's this other thing that he gets talked about almost as much for this other thing. I'll tell you what this other thing is coming up next. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Your life is busy. We know you can't keep track of everything in the sports world. We promise to only bring you the important stuff. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, live from Chartway Arena home of ODU men's basketball. They're hosting JMU tonight. We thought we'd come out and enjoy the atmosphere, which will be live for sure. Game starts at 7. Broadcast starts at 6.30 right here on 94.1. Flagship for ODU Athletics. Now, there's going to be a point in time where Brady retirement jokes aren't funny, but they, we're not there yet. They're still, they're still funny. When I see a clever one on Twitter, I still chuckle to myself. Uh, but but we are a day and a half into Brady's retirement, and uh, the conversations and, as I said, the jokes continue to roll out. Uh, and I think one thing is obvious, right? His legacy is as the NFL's GOAT, right? The greatest of all time, best quarter, quarterback of all time, the like you, you've heard it all before. We could go into st- statistics. Uh, we, could make jo- we could make jokey stat things. For example, he is the last professional athlete to be active that was drafted by the Montreal Expos outlasting all of the baseball players that were drafted by the Montreal Expos. Uh, he was the 507th pick way back in the day in Major League Baseball's draft by the, the Expos. So he's the final active Expos draft pick. Um, but then there's this other second legacy that he's leaving. And the other second legacy is as the guy that took less money when he didn't have to. Brady, I mean, it's inarguable, did not maximize his earnings like other guys of his era. The Mannings, both of them. The Breeze, right? The, those guys were always up in the ante, were always taking more money, were always uh, cashing their checks. That's not to say that's the right way or the wrong way. It's to say Brady didn't always do it that way. And because of that, every time a quarterback is in a negotiation, somebody's going to bring up Tom Brady taking less. It's going to happen. Happens with Lamar Jackson. It's going to happen with Joe Burrow. It's going to happen with Herbert. It's going to happen with everybody. Brady took less. Why, why don't they take? Brady took less. Why don't they take less? For more, here's Andrew Brandt on Russ, Ross Tucker's podcast. There was a stretch of time. I don't know the exact numbers, but say the top of market for a quarterback was $25 million. He took 20 or 15. I mean, you and I talked about the one time where they bumped him up just with incentives. Like they're making Tom Brady make like top five in five categories to get him up to a market rate. The time with New England is a mystery on money. And let's be clear what you just said, because so many people ask about this. Could Aaron Rodgers take less? Could so-and-so take less? Could so? 
of course, they all take less cap, right? You move cap into the future. Brady's done that. There's going to be a huge dead money charge on the Bucks. Everybody does that. There's no quarterbacks that I've seen besides Brady that I can think of that take less cash. Now, here's the thing. You never want a pocket watch, right? You never want to look into someone else's wallet and see how much money is there, right? Their business is their business. But in sports, when it's all public, you can't help it. And I am surprised that more people don't do something like this. I am surprised that you don't see a player like 10 years into their, uh, their, their, their career after they've had two or three massive contracts already. If they haven't won a Super Bowl yet, I am surprised they don't go like, hey, next year let me play on the minimum. And I want you to go get the the all-star team of all-star teams. Brady never went that far, but there were years he was taking like 17 when all the other top quarterbacks were making 28. And that's $11 million that you can spend on edge rushers or wide receivers or offensive linemen. Or if it's the Patriots, probably more linebackers and defensive backs. But but it's it's – $11 million that all the other teams with quarterbacks of his level didn't have to spend. So I am surprised. And also, I think Brady is the testament to you can take less and help your team, and you're not going to end up significantly out of the money. When he retired, which was yesterday morning, he had more career earnings than anyone else in NFL history. $333 million. Now, he had to play a couple extra years to get there, and Rodgers is going to pass him this year for the most ever. But when you retire with the most career earnings in NFL history and you get credit for being the guy that took less, I think that should be a, a little bit of a, a, you know, a, a signal to everybody coming after you that you don't have to take nothing. You can still take a large amount of – you can take generational wealth and be considered the generous guy. He didn't live in the poorhouse is what, is what I'm trying to say here. He had enough to lose a whole bunch on some weird crypto endorsement, <laughs> and he's still doing fine. It is a bit of a bet on yourself, though, and that's part of his legacy, right? That's part of his competitiveness. That's part of his self-belief. Self, self this is going to be – I cannot speak today. Self-belief. There we go. Not self-belief. Uh, if you do take less and you win a bunch, the money's going to find you. Right? If you do take less and you win a bunch, you don't know where the money's going to come from, but the money's going to find you. Meaning the Uggs deal. Meaning the 80 for Brady movie. Meaning the, the Fox $375 million deal. If you take less and you win a bunch, the money's going to find you. The, mon the money found Brady, okay? He's going to make more as an announcer if he wants to in the next 10 years than he made in his 23 years on the field playing quarterback because he took less and he won. You do have to win, though. It is a bet on you to that extent, right? If you, if you take less and you miss the playoffs three consecutive years, then guess what? You just lost out on the money that you didn't get because you could have missed the playoffs for three straight years with the highest salary in the league. So, so there is a little bit of betting on yourself, and that's where Brady's mindset has always been different. I'll take less. You spend it correctly. We'll win championships. It'll come back around to me. It's like so A to B, B to C, C to D, D to my pocket. Like that's, that's how it went for him. So, so his legacy, like, this guy's impacted the sport in so many ways. And I, and I almost, you know, driving home last night, 
when talking about Brady's legacy, uh, somebody asked me if he was the Babe Ruth of, of football, one of the callers or texters, I forget who. And I said, well, no, Brady didn't change the game, meaning he took what everyone else was doing, right? B6, 4, 6, 5, drop back, stand tall in the pocket, little movements, distribute the ball to your playmakers, right, safe decisions. He took what everyone else was trying to do and just did it better than anyone else. He wasn't the one that, like, thought of something. He's not Steph Curry in the – why isn't anyone taking more threes? He went, all right, what is everyone trying to do? I'm going to do that the best. So, so he wasn't transformational from an X's and O's standpoint. But as I was driving home, I was like, you know, I, I, I didn't – I sold him short on how transformational he is because he did transform the way things happened in the NFL. He did transform how much a, a quarterback can become a, responsible for the offense. Right? Think of all the offensive coordinators they went through. Think of all the defense was always Belichick's thing, but the offense by the end, you know, both Brady and Manning, they were like, no, this is us. Right? And when they took went to new teams, it wasn't, oh, I'm gonna go to a new team and learn an offense. It was I'm gonna go to a new team and teach them my offense. They they, they did transform a lot. And and his transformation, his impact on the league was as much about the 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 way he craved winning as much as it was the throws he was making. And, and I think the taking less money thing was, was all a part of that. He went, all right, look at this. Manning's doing a lot of the same stuff I'm doing mentally. Uh, Rodgers is, is better physically than I am. Uh, Roethlisberger is, is more physically tough than I am and can take more of a beating. And he went through the and he's like, well, how am I going to beat all these guys? Well, Maybe I take 17 instead of 25. Maybe I take 25 instead of 32. And and because of that, he won a bunch. I don't see anything cheap or anything unfair about that. It's just you do everything you can to win. You could arguably say that he, he may be the greatest of – obviously he is the greatest of all time without being the best player at all times. Yes and – yeah. Well, yeah. Um, at times – I think the 07 season was a big change for him. Up to 07, I really did think, like, this guy is just the best winner. And, right. he, and in 07, when he threw for 50 touchdowns and him and Randy Moss lit up the league, I went, oh, no, he's, he's actually one of the more talented, best players that we've seen. And, and it was hidden beneath this all-time winner. Uh, so, so I agree with you. And I don't agree with you in that there's like four seasons in there right. where I feel like he reminded everybody, like, oh, no, I, mean, I can he's do got, this. He's got three first-team all-pros. Yeah. But the rest is just like, okay, he's there. Obviously, he was second-team all-pro in a couple of those as well. But he was never – you never saw him as like, man, he is the best at this. Exactly. And, and, and except for that, that 2007 correct. season. Correct. I think it was 2021 where, you know, he's 44 and he led the league in yards. And, and, and it's like, oh, yeah, you – like – he never did what he didn't have to do to win. And I'm not sure. There may have been a double negative that I, that I flip turned in there. But, but when he thought he needed to, like, flex on him, it's kind of like the, like the Kobe Bryant stuff, right? Kobe Bryant gets called a ball hog all the time. He has a billion quotes saying, like, no, I thought the best chance for me to win was to shoot into a triple coverage rather than letting Smush Parker put up a three. Like, everything he did was to, was to win. And, yes, if that looked like a ball hog, call him a ball hog. Brady's kind of the same way. Yeah, if I needed to throw for 3,400 yards and 17 touchdowns to win, I was going to do that. But if I needed to throw for 5,500 yards and, or 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns to win, I was going to do that too. So, so 
I almost feel like by yesterday saying he did the traditional better than anyone else, I sold him short. The guy was transformational, just not in the Babe Ruth, Steph Curry, Michael Vick kind of changing the game because they did things that no one thought possible way. He just did the possible better than anyone else. Uh, Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, and he did it for cheaper than everyone else, uh, which is that secondary legacy. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, Tim Donnelly Show. We're finally going to get to this. I've been wanting to talk about this all week. Lamar Jackson likely to get the exclusive franchise tag, according to Ian Rappaport. What does that say about what the Ravens think about Lamar? Coming up. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Live from Hampton Roads, this is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Live from Chartway Arena, this is about that moment. I look at Robbie. He can feel it. This is about that moment. You start to see the uh, the staff milling about. The intensity in the arena starts to shoot up and up and up and up because ODU men's basketball is hosting James Madison tonight. And, uh, I mean, every time we're here in Chartway for, for a men's or women's ODU basketball game, about now, uh, you start the hour and a half before the game, you, you can just feel the energy. But when it's a JMU game, it's like it's a little, little bit extra. You know what I mean? It's a little bit extra. The rivalry just puts a little extra pizzazz into it. So uh, if you don't have plans for tonight, make your way out to Chartway. If you do have plans and they don't involve making your way out to Chartway, cancel those other plans and make your way out to Chartway <laughs> for ODU JMU tonight. Uh, we're already here and we're, we're set up. So doors open at 6. You can come over and say hi. Uh, Ian Rappaport, senses. I like that word, senses. Uh, to be an insider, you need to have a thesaurus because you need a million different ways to say somebody told me, but they didn't go on the record with it, so I'm just going to feel it out. Uh, Ian Rappaport senses that Lamar Jackson will get the exclusive franchise tag. For more details, here's Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to be tagged. Exclusive or non-exclusive? I don't, def- I don't firmly know the answer. My sense is it would be the exclusive. Okay. Because here's why. So if they give him the non-exclusive tag, then someone can sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet and get him with the price of two first-rounders. If it's the exclusive tag, it costs Baltimore more. However, if at some point, and I don't think they will, but at some point they ever want to trade him, they set the price. Obviously, that was on the Pat McAfee show, and he used the term senses. Again, I just find that that funny. First of all, the exclusive tag, big money. Big money. The, as of right now, the exclusive tag would be, and I have the exact number in front of me, $45,457,732. Uh, and that's actually subject to change and, and would likely only go up. Uh, it's not finalized until after free agency, which would be mid-April. And the reason why it's not finalized is the exclusive tag is the average of the five highest paid quarterbacks in the league and obviously this free agency season you could have more go up and that includes like if there's a renegotiation or anything like that if if you know rogers goes somewhere and renegotiates and gets more money then then that could set it even higher if lamar jackson signs it would be up for whoever else gets exclusively tagged um so here's the deal 
The Ravens exclusively tagging Lamar Jackson or expecting to or Ian Rappaport sensing that they will could be seen as the Ravens making some kind of commitment to him, some kind of of co-sign by the Ravens on the quality of quarterback he is and that they want him around. But that's not what it's actually saying. This isn't saying anything about what the Ravens think about Lamar as the future of their franchise, other than they want to protect the value of their asset, right? He isn't going to hit the open market, and if you thought he was going to hit the open market, you're crazy. And that's all this is. This is them saying he's not going to hit the open market. Whether we can come to an agreement on a negotiation on a long-term deal or not, whether we have any intentions of even there being a possibility of a long-term deal or not, he's not going to hit the open market. And they're not even going to use a transition tag or a non-exclusive tag because the way those are set up, uh, a non-exclusive tag, the, the highest variety, means he can sign with someone else, and if the Ravens don't want to match that deal, that team would have to give the Ravens two first-round picks. Lamar Jackson is worth way more than two first-round picks in a trade, so they're going to go exclusive tag. If you want him, you have to negotiate with us for a trade. He is not going to hit the open market. Even if they didn't like him, if John Harbaugh is lying to us every time he talks to us, if Eric DaCosta, their GM, is lying to us every time he talks to the media when they say, we love him, we want him around, we're working on it, he's our guy, we love him, we want him around. If they're lying to us and they hate him and they can't wait to get him off the roster, which is a big if, right? I mean, I have no reason to think that's the case, but I'm just being the most aggressive on one side of this hypothetical. They would still exclusively franchise tag him just to make it very, very obvious and very, very aware to everybody else that if you want him, you're going to have to pay for him. You're going to have to trade a bunch for him because even if they don't like him as a quarterback, they understand he has value in the league and he is a trading chip that they can use to replenish their entire reserves of of young talent. So when Ian Rapport said that on, on McAfee, Everybody was like, oh, franchise tag. And I was going, no, that's not a no. That's a, okay, franchise tag. Exclusive. And let us all be in a case, in a situation in our lives at one point in time where our our boss is so indecisive on us <laughs> that they are forced to commit $45,457,732 to us for one year. Imagine that, right? They don't value us enough to have a long-term deal, so they have to give us $45,457,732 for one year of work. Get your text in now to the text line, the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494, because when we come back, we're going to read your text, and we are going to ask, does that do anything for you? And we'll do that right here at Chartway Arena, the home of the ODU Monarchs, where we've been for the last few hours, and we're going to continue to be ahead of ODU hosting JMU men's basketball later tonight. Back after this. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All day you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask... Does that do anything for you? On Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 
That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. And Tim from Romo, Tim in the 757. We were talking about the Cowboys' commitment to Dak Prescott. He said, I do not like the idea of them extending Dak for that long, but maybe without Kellen Moore, Dak can uh, improve a little bit on the offensive side of things. A, a few interesting parts of this. It's, it, nothing happens in a vacuum, right? The, the, the story we're talking about is Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones' son, said that they would be open to talking extension for Dak Prescott, and he said the main thing is he's going to be our quarterback for the next 10 years. Um, if you're against extending him, are you okay having him count $50 million against the cap this year? Because those are the two options. You either extend him, which would allow you to maneuver the cap a bit and give him a lesser cap hit for this upcoming season, or you let his contract ride out as is, and that would be $50 million against the cap this year alone. $50 million this alone. And that's going to hurt your ability to compete this year. So those are the two options. I mean, it's it's not exactly, you know, do you want to go to Bermuda or Aruba? So it, it's, a, it's a difficult decision, and I don't know if either one comes across smelling like roses. For the 757, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, and as sad as it is to say, Dak just doesn't seem to have it when it's needed or counts the most. That's one of those things, and this is really only the coaches can decide. It, it, it becomes one of those things where it's, yeah, you're the guy that can't win the big one until you do. John Elway couldn't win the big one. John Elway won two consecutive Super Bowls and rode off into the sunset. Uh, Peyton Manning couldn't win the big one. He has two Super Bowls. One of them rode off into the sunset. There's there's a lot of you can't do it until you do. So coaches have to decide whether you can't do it or you just haven't done it yet. That's on the coaches, the GM, the, the owner, all of the evaluators involved in, in the Cowboys. From Colton and Hampton, we talked yesterday about uh, Pat Fryermoose's comments on Big Ben's podcast, and he's wondering, will the Steelers make the playoffs next year? Will the Steelers make the playoffs next year? Tough division. Again, Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. Seven teams get into the playoffs. AFC is pretty scary. I'm I'm gonna go no. I still think, I, I just think they're so young. I think they used the first round pick on a running back at a time when they shouldn't have, uh, which I, which I think is holding them back. I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett believer. Uh, not saying he's bad, but I just don't know if he's ready to carry a, that roster. Um, obviously, the defense is good. Obviously, the coach is good. Obviously, I, I like some of the wide receivers. I don't think they're a playoff roster yet. So I'll go there. They're knocking on the door, if I had to guess, 9-8, and eight, and they don't make it. Tim, a lot of talk today about quarterbacks and their futures. Aaron Rodgers, Brock Purdy, Jimmy G. From the 804, will the Jets get a new quarterback? Will the yes the Jets will get? I mean the the if it's new or not like so you're saying if I had to choose between the combination of Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White, and every other quarterback in the world, who's going to start for them week one? Give me every other quarterback in the world. It becomes more difficult if you try to predict which of every other quarterback in the world you're taking. But but those three I don't think will uh, will be under center. From Larry in Hampton, he's obviously a diehard Jets fan, and he wants to see Jimmy G in New York. Do you think that would work? I think it would work better in New York than in some of the other places Jimmy G's been rumored to go. 
I don't think you win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. I think you probably have the best season the Jets have had in a while with Jimmy G. So you have to ask yourself what your you have to ask yourself what your priorities are. Do you want to win a Super Bowl or do you want to have the best Jets season you've had in a while? From John the Dad Bod, he uh, you know we were talking about Aaron Rodgers possibly going to Vegas, the bright lights going there with Devontae Adams. He says that uh, Aaron Rodgers also seems to be that kind of you know guy that likes the desert too. <laughs> Well, Joshua's reaction. Um, here's what I'll say. Because, I mean, this is all, uh, like, inferring, right? We don't know Aaron Rodgers. Right. It seems like it would either go really, really well or really, really <laughs> poorly. Right? He's either going to be in Vegas, Mr. Vegas, having a great time. You might stumble into a lounge at 4 a.m. and he's on stage playing acoustic guitar uh, and then going straight to a workout. Right, your 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 night is rounding out. His morning just got started, or he's gonna go to Vegas and he's gonna be at a lounge at 4 a.m. and you're gonna stumble in and he's gonna be stumbling alongside you. I don't really know the guy. Could go either way to me though. From the 757, with a lot of talks about quarterbacks and, and where they go, do you think the Pats should trade Mac Jones? No. Um, again, I'm not the biggest Mac Jones guy. He was the fifth of the five first-round quarterbacks for me going into the draft in 2021, and I haven't really wavered off that, although I think Zach Wilson probably went below him. Um, But the thing I have, like, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't have an offensive coaching staff. I want to see what he can do with an offensive coordinator. I want to see if if Bill O'Brien can fix some of the things that I'm still waiting for for Mac Jones to fix. So, so I, no, I'm giving him at least a year with another year with an offensive coordinator. From the 757, one last one for you, Tim. Brady took less money be, because he helped his teams doing that, but unlike others, he didn't really need it. He was married to Giselle, who was making more money than he was. Uh, we could get into family dynamics. I mean, and do you think now he's wishing he went and got all the money he possibly could? <laughs> I don't know. That is, that is a whole other thing. Um, I think it was Dave Chappelle who said, can anybody tell me the difference between having $100 million and $150 million in the bank? And he was like, it's just having $50 extra million <laughs> in the bank, right? When, you walk, when you're worth $100 million, you walk into a steakhouse, you can get the most expensive thing on the menu. There's not some other menu that you get when you hit $150 million. Uh, you know, you, you have the big old nice house with $100 million, you have a big old nice house with $150 million. What's the difference? I think Brady recognized that. I think he said, you know, I could have $30 million a year or I could have 25 and win. And and winning was worth $5 million for him. So I, I don't think it had much to do with his, his familial situation. Uh, today's top shot, ODU men's basketball. Because we're here in Chartway Arena. They're getting ready to play a rivalry game against James Madison. And, uh, and they better be top shots. They better shoot the ball better. We need them to shoot from the outside. At least I've been calling for it. So today's Top Shot, ODU Men's Basketball. If you want to be a Top Shot, check out Freedom Shooting Center, the premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. Uh, Speaking of the ODU Men's Basketball team, they're going to be right here on this network in about a half hour. That broadcast starting, opening tip, 7 o'clock. The gates open, I believe. We have fans walking around, so they opened it a little bit early. We are in the the lobby of Chartway Arena, and we're going to be in the lobby of Chartway Arena for the 757 at 6, a full half hour of it coming up next. And most importantly, and as always, thank you to Larry King Law. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. That's 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D.
We'll be back after this with the 757 at 6. Stick around.